And uh, this church loves Brother Matthew. We love his ministry, his wonderful wife. And I'm going to throw her on the spot. If y'all be seated, I would like for her to come and testify. And then Brother Matthew is going to take over from there. Well, it is a pleasure to be back with all you wonderful people. I've gotten to know a few of you getting to go to ladies' conference with Ellen and all the ladies. And it's always a pleasure getting to come somewhere where you, you actually know people. And you get to catch up and stuff for a while. But we were in for Devin's wedding. And... I was actually kind of shocked that we got to stay, but it has been a pleasure. It's always wonderful getting to go somewheres, and you feel the same presence at this church as I do at my home church. And that really gets to move it inside of you that God is no matter where you are, and it's always a constant reminder. So God bless y'all. Amen. I appreciate my wife. Appreciate her being with me. I asked her, I said, honey, when I get up to preach you want me to ask you to leave a word of testimony and she said no so thank you brother Windsor you took care of that for me amen amen it is good to be here with my aunt Ellen <laughs> she is my she is my sister not my aunt that's okay amen we'll just go ahead and get in the word of the Lord and get me out of trouble I'm going to preach from the Song of Solomon, the fifth chapter. Although I say get me out of trouble, it always makes everyone nervous when the preacher preaches from Song of Solomon. So we'll see. Fifth chapter, verse 2. Give honor to Brother Windsor today. Amen. Appreciate him asking us to stay and the confidence he has in me to let me stand behind this pulpit and minister the word of the Lord. It is always an honor to preach the word of the Lord. Amen. Song of Solomon, chapter 5, starting with verse 2. It says, I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. For my head is filled with dew, and my locks with the drops of the night. And she responds and says to herself, I have put off my coat. How shall I put it on? I have washed my feet. How shall I defile them? My beloved put his hand by the hole of the door, and my bowels were moved for him. I rose up to open to my beloved, and my hands dropped with myrrh, and my fingers with sweet-smelling myrrh upon the handles of the lock. I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul failed when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. Genesis 6, 3 says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you today. And Lord, we thank you for your goodness, Lord, for your great mercy, for you are so wonderful, Lord, for you are so holy. And Lord, we thank you. For your great word, Lord, for your word is anointed. And we ask today that you would help us to preach, Lord, that you would help us to hear, Lord, that you would anoint our ears and our hearts and our minds to not just hear your word, but, Lord, to become a doer of the work also. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated today. That Genesis there says, uh, his day shall be 120 years. I wish that still applied. Amen. As long as we're getting along good, 120 don't sound too bad. 
But we read in the book of Song of Solomon that, that, that Solomon had come to his beloved. And, and this is an illustration of the Lord reaching out to Israel or, or reaching out to the church, reaching out to the promised people. And he comes and he, and he knocks on the door. And she just cannot make herself to get up. Maybe she's playing coy. Hey Amen. We got some of the young ladies still in here today. I give just to give you a little nickel's worth of free advice. You got to play a little bit coy, okay? It's okay to get with me here. I'm, I, I, don't leave me by myself, okay? It's okay to be a little hard to get. Make that guy work for it. My goodness. Order something big. I know the guys aren't appreciating it too much, but guys, it's okay to not be desperate, you know. Don't chase her around like a lost puppy. Let her see a selfie with another young lady sometime. I'm telling you, it works. Is it hot in here or is it me? Nothing, nothing makes you look less attractive than when you're too available. But on the flip side, you can play too coy. You can play too hard to get. There's, I, there's young ladies. There's a young lady that I grew up with. She played it too hard to get. Every guy, she played hard to get until the guy went on and found someone else. And all the guys grew up and got married, and she grew up, and she's still single. Why? Because she played it too hard to get. She waited too long. Kept waiting and waiting and waiting. Sometimes something better doesn't always come along. <laughs> That's why I got married. I knew I had the best I was going to get. <laughs> Nothing better was coming. I'd hit the top. You got to know when you peaked, guys. <laughs> That's, I would say it's because there was nothing better to come around. Man, y'all going to have to get with me today, I'm telling you. If I'm going to go out on a limb, I need some support for when it breaks. <laughs> but I knew, I knew it was that she was the best I was ever going to get. So I snatched her up before she realized that she could do better. <laughs> That's why we met in January and we got married in October. There was no hard to get for either one of us, man. It was like, yeah. Amen. I, it worked for us. I don't know if it would work for you. You may not want to try that. But 10 years later, we're still doing good. But he comes to the door and he knocks. He says, oh, my love, my dove, my undefiled. He says, open up to me. I, I, I want to see you. I want to commune with you. I want to have fellowship with you. I want to have a relationship with you. He said, I'm knocking at the door. Won't you let me in? Please let me in. Please let me come. Please let me talk with you. Let me have some fellowship with you. The Lord's knocking at our hearts today. The Lord, he comes to the church and he knocks and he, and he says, Hey, would you just open up to me? Hey, would you just spend some time with me in prayer? Hey, would you just get in my word? I'm here for you. I want to be with you. I want to love on you. I want to spend some time with you. All you got to do is open the door. All you got to do is let me in. I'm here. I'm willing. I'm ready. Will you just open the door? 
She says, I put off my coat. I can't put it on. I've washed my feet, which doesn't bear a lot of significance to us today. But at that time when you wore sandals, then you wanted to wash your feet before you went to bed. It's still a good idea to wash your feet before you go to bed. I'm just saying. You don't wash your feet before you go to bed. Next thing you know, you're feeling little. Well, you know what you're feeling. I know I'm from West Virginia, but we ain't the only state that don't wear shoes all the time. <laughs> Kentucky. Lord Jesus. It's a good idea to wash your shoes. But she says, I made myself ready for bed. I've, I've tucked myself in. I'm just as snug as a bug in a rug. How can I get up? And she laid there and she heard her beloved calling and he kept saying, open the door. I'm here, sweet thing. <laughs> Courtship's changed a little bit now that the years. Matter of fact, I don't even call it courtship no more. Is it dating or hanging out? I don't know what, I don't know. I'm just glad I don't have to do that no more. <laughs> those, those, those times of being on the phone to one and two in the morning. It was killing me. Didn't have going to work. Although the funny thing about my wife, she was an hour behind, but 11 o'clock my time, it was 10 o'clock her time, and buddy, she was asleep. I was talking to myself. I was hearing just what I wanted to hear too, amen. <laughs> but he says, open the door. I, said, I can't open the door. I'm comfortable. I've tucked myself into bed. I've already taken off my coat. It's not the right time. Come back later. It's not time for me to commune with you right now. I've made myself comfortable. We find in the book of Acts, the 24th chapter, it says, And after certain days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. He hoped also that he should receive, he should have been given him of Paul that he might lose him wherefore he sent him uh, the or excuse me he hoped also that money should have been given him of Paul that he might lose him wherefore he sent him the oftener and communed with him but after two years I believe the Bible is very intention, intentional about this but after two years Porcius Festus came into Felix's room and Felix willing to shew him a pleasure left Paul bound you see, Paul was in prison, and, and Felix had heard about Paul, and Felix had been interested in, in what the Christians were teaching, and, and he knew something about Judaism, and he knew something about the ways of God, for he married a Jewess by the name of Drusilla. And he, and he heard, and he brought Paul, and, and Paul preached, preached, and he preached of righteousness. And he preached to him about temperance. And he preached to him about the judgment to come. He preached to him about living right. He preached to him about staying right. And he preached to him about a heaven to come. 
And, and, and Felix was moved. Paul must have preached good because, man, he was moved. It says he yearned and he trembled at the preaching of Paul. It was, oh, oh, preacher, oh, I know I need that. It's the one, like one of the old stories about the knuckles, the men grabbing the pews so their knuckles would turn white and holding on and, and just holding on. Oh, Paul, oh, that's good preaching, Paul. Oh, I need to hear that, Paul. Oh, I need to do something about that, Paul. I'll call you back later, Paul. He was moved. It wasn't that Paul didn't preach it right. It wasn't that it wasn't what he needed to hear. He was moved. He yearned. He trembled. He, Paul broke him down and, and built him back up. And he told him what he needed to hear. And, and he heard the words of Paul and he just trembled. It's not a convenient season for me, Paul. I, I get what you're saying, Pastor. I hear what you're preaching to me, Pastor. I, I need that. Oh, I need that change in my life that you're preaching to me. The timing's just not right. It's just not a good time for me. You, you, you see, you see, I would do something about that, but I got to go to school. I, I would do something about that, Sister Windsor, but, but I'm in college right now. I have a pastor friend that told me he's got a, a guy that goes to his church and, and his kids want to get baptized. And he said, uh, he said, let's get your kids baptized. The guy kept delaying and delaying. And finally, he said, what, what's the deal, man? Your kids are wanting baptized. Why don't we just baptize them? He said, well, you know, the thing is, they're going to go to college. And they're probably going to do some bad things in college. He said, so I want to wait till they get out of college to get baptized so they'll have a clean start. And my pastor friend said, there's a special kind of place in hell for you if your kids, if your kids are lost. I don't recommend saying that to somebody. But what, it, what he was saying is, we'll get them baptized at a more convenient time. I want them to go out and enjoy what this world has to offer for a while. I, I, I want to wait until the time is right. I know that there's some changes that I need to make to move towards the Lord, but I just started a new job. And I got to devote some time to my career. Or I'm going to go out to dinner with my coworkers, and they're going to want me to do some things that's not quite kosher with the church. And when I get all this and I get myself established, that'll be a more convenient season, Pastor. Then I'll be ready to really commit to God. Just give me a few years. Just give me a little time. Let me, let me get married first, or... Or, or, or let me get a solid relationship first. Or, or wait till I have some kids. Or, or wait till this. Or wait till, wait till, wait till. I will. I might. It's my intention. The time's just not good. It's just not a good time right now, Paul. You know, I just came into this seat in government. And I'm, I'm just figuring out the ropes. And, you know, i got to get some people beat tomorrow. And, and i got some crucifying to do. And... And I got some taxes to collect. Amen. Government loves collecting taxes. <laughs> I'm, I'm moving on. I'm, I'm moving on. It's tempting. I love preaching by, against taxes. 
was a joke. It's okay. I went and preached at a church, and my, uh, my, another one of my nephews, Nathan, he went and preached a little while longer. And you know what that little jerk did to me? He said, my uncle came and preached. Did he say this and this and this? And they're like, yes, he did. Like, you're not supposed to tell that stuff. That's between me and you, bro. He told all my jokes and all the things. See, I, I realized, you know, I've just preached here recently. i got to come up with something new to say. He said, I, he said, call me back, Paul. I, I'm interested in this. I, I think this is some good stuff that you're talking about. It's, it's some good changes. I, I really need to make these changes, Paul. I, I like what you're saying, and, and I, I feel it checks in my spirit. It's right. Just the timing's not good for me. Call me back. You see, we have taken for granted that God is going to knock today and he's going to knock tomorrow and he's going to knock the next day and he'll still be knocking when I'm ready. When it's convenient for me, he's still going to be knocking because he's just a knocking God. That's what he does. He just knocks on the door. That's what she thought. That's what Solomon's wife thought. He's just going to keep knocking. Let me lay here a little longer. Let me rest a little more. Wait till morning. But she got up and he was gone. Oh, what a mess she was in. My beloved is gone. Oh, why didn't I get up? I could have washed my feet again. I could have taken my coat off again. But that time with him is gone. It's gone. Matthew 6, 48 through 51, it says, And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed them by. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them, and he saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. I want to emphasize, it says, and he would have passed them by. We get so used to God helping us. And we get so used to God bailing us out that we just, it's just second nature. If I'm going to go get myself in trouble, and God's just going to be there to bail me out of it. I'm just going to go get myself in a tight spot, and God's just going to pull me right on out of it. And, and we've learned that, and we take it for granted, and we take it God for granted, and we think that he's always going to be there just to pull us out. But it says right there, he would have just passed them by. They were rowing into the wind. It was contrary to them. It was a rough boat ride. I like boat rides. We, we kayak, and we go up the river, and we go down the river. Up the river is a lot harder. It's a five-hour boat ride, three of it's going up, two of it's coming down. And I know what it's like to be riding in a boat and the wind blowing, and, and that's just a little kayak. They were in a big old sailboat, and they were toiling, and they were rowing, and they were doing everything they could, and they were afraid of the storm, and they just knew it was going to take them over. They knew they were in trouble, and they saw Jesus, and they didn't say nothing at first, and they thought, he's going to stop, and he's going to help me, because that's what he does. He just helps. Good 
I believe that they could have just kept their toiling and they could have just kept doing it their way. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe that God wants us to do what we can do before he does what he's going to do. I, I do believe that. There's a lot of times in Scripture that the Lord could have just fixed our problems, but the Lord says, no, 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 I've given you some ability to fix your own problems and to take care of your own mess. You know, if you need a job, fill out an application. Yeah. Faith without works is dead. I'm believing for a good job, but I'm going to go fill out an application. Go to monster.com. I got a job one time I didn't apply for. The Lord blessed me with it. I hated my job. It was terrible. I had a bad boss. She was mean. I got a job. They just called me. They said, we want you to come apply for this. But the way they got my, and the Lord blessed me with that. But the way they got, the way they heard my number was because I applied for another job. And they shared my resume. If you, there's some times in our life that if we want something to happen, we're going to have to go out and make it happen ourselves. There's an old story that I heard one time. And there was an old farmer who had an old creek bed. His old dried up creek bed, Sister Windsor. And he got out there and I might have told this last time. If I did, y'all just bear with me. I got like two stories. That's it. So. And he turned that old creek bed into a little garden. And, and he asked his pastor, he said, Pastor, won't you come down and see my garden? And y'all, he was so excited about that garden. And he brought his pastor down. And, and the preacher looked at the, the garden. He said, man, look at your corn. He said, the Lord has blessed here. He said, man, look how big your tomatoes are. Man, the Lord just did a work there. And the Lord blessed here. And the Lord made a way there. And the Lord provided here. And the Lord and the Lord. And that old farmer started getting jealous because God was getting too much of his credit. And he looked at the preacher. He said, Pastor, you should have seen this garden when God had it by himself. Because God just doesn't do everything for us. He, he set some things in motion, and he said, hey, men, you want some bread? You're going to have to bring some sweat out of your brow. I don't know why I got off on that, but bless somebody there. But God wants us to do what we can do for ourselves, and then he will bless it and do what we can't do for ourselves. But if we're, so, if we're not careful, we'll get so caught up in doing what I know how to do. I'll get so caught up, and, and, you know, I need a financial miracle, so I'm just going to go work all the overtime I can. Or, or I, I, need, I, need, I need a healing, so I'm just going to go to the doctor all that I can. God, don't you see me down here working my tail end off? God, don't you see me down here running to the doctor? God, don't you see me down here trying to fix my problem? But we're never crying out to God. And that's where the apostles found themselves. They're just toiling. And they're just rolling, and they can see God moving by, and they can see God walking by, but they're just sitting there watching God going by. Thinking, well, if God, God, Jesus could help me if he wanted to. But they cried out. But they cried out to the Lord, and he stopped, and he talked with them, and he fixed their problem. Sometimes we get so caught up and thinking that God's just going to come and fix all my problems that we forget that we've got to cry out to him, that we've got to seek after him, that we've got to search for it, that we've got to work for it. 
Revelation 3 and 20 says, uh, I stand at the, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he with me. Amen. God's calling us to some things. I feel like there's some people in this church that God's calling you to some things. That doesn't mean a calling doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a preacher with a microphone or, or a singer or a musician. It could be a Sunday school teacher. It could be a home Bible study teacher. It could be a witness on our job. It could be a prayer warrior. There's no lay people in this church. We've all got a job to do. We've all got a responsibility to do. We've all got something that we can do to make this church go. Paul said, I water it. I planted in Apollos water. We're not all planters. We're not all waterers. But we've all got a job to do. And God is calling us. God is knocking at that door. And he's saying, I've got a job for you to do. I've got something that I need your help with. I've got something that I want you to do. I've got a calling for your life. I've got a purpose for your life. But I need you to open the door. I need you to welcome me in. And many times we're like Felix. Lord, I do want to be used by you. Lord, I do want to be saved. Lord, I I do think that I need to get baptized in your name. Lord, I, I do feel like I need the Holy Ghost. Lord, I do feel like I need to consecrate myself to your word. Lord, I do feel like I need to pray more. And I, and I feel you urging me to that. Lord, I feel you urging me to holiness. Lord, I feel you urging me to these things. Just not a good time for me. I'm just going to wait a little longer. I, I'm just going to stick it out. And, and I, you know, I feel the waters. I might dip my little toe in and see, oh, no, it's a little too cold right now. I'll come back later. Come back, knock tomorrow, God. But God doesn't knock forever. He doesn't keep knocking. He gives us an opportunity. He calls for us. He wants to be with us. He wants that relationship. That's why he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Why? Because I want to talk to you. I want to get to know you. I want a personal relationship with you. It's not the Old Testament to where we go to the priest for a relationship with God. My relationship with God is not dependent upon my pastor. Now, don't get me wrong. My pastor can lead me into a relationship with the Lord. But only so far, and then it's up to me to have one for myself. And God's calling us to a deeper walk and a deeper relationship with Him. But are we just too comfortable? Am I just too comfortable? Am I like that young lady? I've tucked myself into bed, Lord. I'm comfortable where I'm at. Lord, I've got a good income right now. And I'm happy with my job. I've got the house that I've wanted. I've got everything. Sometimes people stay away from God because of a need. They don't have or they think or a deficiency. I've heard people say, well, I can't come to the Lord that I clean myself up. And that's the silliest thing I ever heard. If you could clean yourself up, you wouldn't need to come to the Lord. You don't get clean to come to God. You come to God to get clean. 
You don't, you don't quit drinking, then come to church. You come to church so you can quit drinking. And there's people that that holds them back from God, but then I've seen other people. It's not because they don't have things. It's not because they're deficient. It's because they're comfortable. I'm comfortable, God. I, you know, I, I come to church every week, and I come up, and I, I, I get that, ooh, I jump a little bit. I do that little Pentecostal. My heels go up, but my toes stay on the ground. You know, I always think about singers, you know, when they sing that song, Jump for Joy, and they want everybody in the audience, we're all out there going, oh. and the singers are just going, Sorry, singers, I didn't mean to pick on you, but I can't sing. So you got something I don't have, I got to pick on you some way. But I'm just, I'm just comfortable where I'm at. I'm just happy where I'm at. I come to church, I feel my little Holy Ghost goosebumps, I talk in tongues a little bit, I go home, I paid my tithes, I'm good. I'm comfortable where I'm at with you, but God's knocking. I'm not comfortable where you're at. I've got something more for you. I'm calling you to a deeper place. I'm not happy with you just sitting there in your comfort and your ease. I've got more for you. But I'm too comfortable. I'm all cleaned up. I'm all tucked into bed. And he's knocking. You notice uh, something that's neat about Daniel. We all love Daniel in the lion's den. Man, Man, that's a great story. But something that's interesting about Daniel is Daniel prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And then finally Michael came. And Michael said, hey, you know, I heard you the first day and this and that. But then what's interesting is Daniel didn't stop praying because Daniel, it wasn't enough for Daniel just to know God's plan. But then Daniel wanted to be a part of it. And, And I don't want to be so comfortable where I'm at. I mean, folks, I'm comfortable. I'm happy. I got a good job. I work for my dad. I'm the only 30-year-old that has to ask his daddy's permission to go somewhere. (laughs) But it's an easy job. I just kind of come and go as I please. I get my work done. If I get it all done, I can go home. I just bought a house. We, We finally got some yard. Before, we didn't have no yard. Our yard was the street. And the street was busy. It was like dodgeball with cars. You don't want to lose. It's, it's okay, the rest of you. You can laugh at my bad jokes. They don't get better, I'm telling you. I've heard them for years. They don't get any better. I've been trying to make them better. They don't get better, okay? But I'm, I'm comfortable where I'm at. I, I'm happy where I'm at. I feel like I'm in the will of God where I'm at, and I'm comfortable. But I don't want to be so comfortable. That if the Lord would say, I need you to go, I need you to uproot, I need you to put that on the market, that I wouldn't go. I like where I'm at, but I don't want to get so comfortable that the Lord can't pull me out and put me somewhere else. I don't want to get so comfortable that I can't pray at night. I don't want to get so comfortable that I can't take an early morning prayer slot. I don't want to get so comfortable that I can't fast anymore. I don't want to get so comfortable that I forget to read his word. The church of the 20th, 21st century, our problem isn't persecution. Our problem is comfort. 
the early church, they had to tell their people, hey, hold on. I know the persecution hurts, but you hold on, brother, and you'll be saved. We got to stir ourselves up and say, hey, I know you're comfortable, but this world is not our home. We got to do a work for God. October the 8th, 1871. It was a Sunday, not, not that much different from today, in Chicago, Illinois. And the famous preacher by the name of Dwight L. Moody preached his sermon. And he preached about what are you going to do with Jesus. And at the end of his sermon, he did something a little out of character for him and something a little unorthodox and I don't know why it was. Maybe he got, I've heard one version, he got frustrated with the people for not preaching with him. And they felt like they were just too comfortable in their seats. And, and then I've heard others that it was just, maybe he was feeling bad. I don't know what the reason was. But when that day, Brother Moody, Reverend Moody said, I want you to take what I've preached home with you. And I want you to turn it over in your hearts. And I want you to come back next week and choose Jesus. He brought up his minister of song who, who preached about the Savior's calling and, and started singing about the Savior calling and singing the old hymn. Before the old hymn was finished singing, they heard an alarm. It was the great Chicago fire. Moody lost a lot of his congregation. If I'm not mistaken, his church burned to the ground in that fire. Brother Windsor to his dying day, and one of the things that he regretted on his deathbed was he said, I never saw that congregation again. He said, I brought them to Jesus, and then I let them go home without making a choice. Reverend Moody took for granted that there would be a next Sunday. A lot of times we come in here and we feel conviction and we feel the Lord calling us and we feel the Lord pulling us to an altar, maybe for repentance, maybe for a deeper relationship, and we think there's going to be a next Sunday. The worst Sunday is next Sunday. The most dangerous Sunday is next Sunday. Because for that congregation, there was not a next Sunday. It never came. Many of those people perished in that great fire of Chicago. <laughs> Moody said, if I meet those people in judgment, they're going to condemn me before the Lord because I let them go home without choosing salvation. We could all stand. I haven't preached. I haven't preached very long. But I feel like I'm to the point that we need to Get ready to come to the altar. For he saith in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We don't need to wait till next Sunday. We don't need to wait. That young lady, she waited while her lover knocked. He just knocked. And she waited till it was too late. 
he was gone. We, 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 I think sometimes, man, man, God's got a purpose for me. He's just going to wait until I'm ready. He might just pass me right on by. He might just move right on to the next young man, the next young lady, the next woman, the next man of God that will answer that door. God is patient, and God is long-suffering, and God is loving, but he's not going to wait on you forever. He's going to give you an opportunity. He's going to give you a chance. And I pray that he keeps knocking until you're ready to open the door. I hope that he keeps knocking until you open the door. But i got to warn you, sometimes he quits knocking. Sometimes that convenient time doesn't come. Felix should have accepted the Lord that day because he moved on out of there. And he never got to hear Paul preach again. They could play for me. Don't take for granted. Don't take for granted. There's one more story I want to tell, and it's it's the story of blind Barnabas. We've heard this story since we were kids, and how blind Barnabas cried out, Jesus, thou son of David. Have mercy on me. Jesus, that's son of David. Have mercy. And they, shh, 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 be quiet. You're embarrassing us. Shh, Jesus is too busy for you today. But what I find interesting about that story is it says that Jesus passed through on his way to Jericho. And he didn't even need to go that way. That was the long way around. And if we read, that's the only time that Jesus went that way. What are you saying, Brother Ryan? I'm saying that he had one shot. People were discouraging. Shh, shh. Wait till later, Barnabas. You're embarrassing us today. Jesus is busy today. Come back tomorrow. He had one chance. He didn't know it. He had one chance to get what he needed from God. I'm not saying that you only have one chance. I'm saying that you might. I'm saying that you might. I'm believing that everyone's going to be back here next Sunday. I'm I'm hoping that everyone's going to be back here next Sunday. I can't promise. I I can't guarantee that we're all going to be meeting back next Sunday, worshiping and praising and having that next opportunity. I can't promise you that God's got that calling waiting on you next Sunday. If you feel the Lord knocking on your heart, He knocks for different reasons. Some of us, He's knocking for salvation. Some of us, He's knocking for a relationship. Some of us, He's knocking for a calling. But if we feel the Lord knocking on our hearts, maybe He's knocking because He's got a miracle He wants to do in our life. Maybe He's knocking because He's got a need He wants to meet. Just like the disciples out there rowing, they had to cry out. If you're willing to say, Lord, I'm not going to wait for a convenient time. Lord, I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to wait any longer. I'm not going to stay comfortable, but I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to get out of my comfortable bed. I'm going to be willing to get myself in an awkward and uncomfortable situation to meet with you. 
then I invite you, if you're willing to do that today, I invite you to this altar to find a deeper relationship with the Lord. Could we come? Is there anybody that's willing to come to say, I, I want more of Jesus? I'm willing to step out of my comfort zone. I, I want to open the door and let the Lord work in my life. I want to open the door and let the Lord move in my life. I want to hear from the Lord in my life. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we love you today. And Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for knocking one more time. Lord, I thank you for calling on us one more time.